we all want to be happier. But how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and your coach, Brittany King, and I'm so glad that you're here. During this time, I have been called to serve in the best way that I can and bringing on different resources and people to help navigate this time is what I've been called to do. So I'm so excited to bring Melissa McGurgan back on the show today to talk about the job search. I, I mean, I don't even know what to call it. I guess it's like the job search experience. A couple episodes ago, Melissa came on the show and we talked about job insecurity and what to do about it and the resources that are out there. So I thought it'd be great to bring her back on so we can actually dive in to searching for a job and not waiting for the pandemic to be over, but actually searching for a job right now. So maybe you're listening and you haven't lost your job and maybe you know someone that has, so you can share this information with them because right now we are in smack dab in the middle of the pandemic and things are, I mean, they're not looking like they're changing anytime soon. So I don't want anyone to think that they have to wait until this pandemic is over to start the job search. It can actually happen now. Now, I know personally that searching for a job is extremely stressful and there's a lot of anxiety that comes with it. I know that anytime I've ever looked on LinkedIn, I just get overwhelmed with the options and I just shut down and I'd rather go do something easy. And that's nothing is wrong with you if you do that. That's just how the human brain works. We just want pleasure. So even the process of looking for a new job does not equal pleasure. Therefore, we rather take the easy route. Now, if you want to add on, you know, economic uncertainty and the global pandemic, that adds a whole nother layer of stress, anxiety, overwhelm, and fear. So not only is looking for a job stressful, but you have this pandemic on top of it, and it is just a bubble of energy that can make you feel very um, paralyzed and stuck. So my job as a coach is to provide you with the resources to help you get unstuck. So that's exactly why I brought Melissa back on the show today so we can dive deeper into job search and create an action plan for you to take action now towards looking for a new job and not waiting until this is over. Because you might be listening and you might not like your job in the first place. So you might find some value in this too. So hang with us because we have tons of tangible stuff that can help you today. So welcome back to the show, Melissa. So glad you're here. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me back, Brittany. Of course. So I want to get right into the goodness. Let's talk about action plan. Let's talk about, you know, your experience because you have had experience um, with being laid off and losing jobs, not even during, like there's, you've had, you've had a lot of experience. So let's just get into what you learned during that time and then the tangible action steps that people can start taking today. 
Yes, um, you are absolutely right in that I have a lot of experience in an, an uncomfortable place in life, which is being laid off and being laid off during a financial crisis. Um, so back in 2009, 2010, where things were uncertain in a different way, uh, during the recession, I was laid off um, twice within a 12-month period and had to, in a sense, start over um, and figure out how to get a new job when there weren't very many jobs available and there was a lot of uncertainty. So the things that I wanna to share today are from my own personal experience. Uh, when I was in, in the thick of it, after I'd lost my job, there was a lot of fear. Um, I felt like I didn't know exactly what to do and uh, it was a really daunting, overwhelming time for me. And through stumbling along and, and eventually finding my way out of it, I developed a process that I think is helpful. Um, so please know that this is from my own personal experience uh, and you are welcome to customize, tweak this process, take just nuggets of it if you wish and apply it in your own life. And like you mentioned, Brittany, whether or not you, you've lost your job, um, you might find yourself in an uncertain place in your career in the future, and being able to look back on a, a plan like this could provide you with some support to be able to move quickly um, if you ever need to, um, because time is, is our most valuable asset. Um, so let's dive into what I call uh, my job search action plan. Uh, so step one um, is, is one that everyone can do, and that's polishing up your existing application materials. These include your resume and cover letter, which are your standard materials, but depending upon your industry or the type of work you're in, you might have to provide samples of prior work. I call this your portfolio pieces. Um, so get those ready. And by get them ready, I mean make sure they're up to date. Double check them for spelling and phrase, uh, turns of phrase to make sure it's accurate towards your most recent experience. And also make sure you're including your skills and software proficiencies. Some things that we might think are commonplace are actually things that employers want to make sure that you have, such as experience with the Microsoft Suite or um, Google Docs. Also review your LinkedIn profile to make sure it matches your current resume. LinkedIn is kind of, uh, in a sense, filling the place of a resume for many employers. And you wanna make sure that your experience is reflected accurately in both places. Additionally, take some time to start working on a cover letter. And you might be saying, why am I gonna work on a cover letter before I even know what job I'm applying to? Um, but the reason why I recommend it is because if you're able to create a template that you can use over and over again, once you get into the application process, it becomes a little bit more fluid, a little bit more streamlined, um, and it can take some of the, uh, the overwhelming feeling you might have when submitting an application away. Um, you can create a template by um, opening up a Google Doc or a Word Doc writing a letter um, about yourself and why you would be interested in the job, leave spaces for where you can actually talk about the job itself and the company, so the company knows that you have actually researched them and the position and you have an interest in it. Um, I also highly recommend avoiding a generic cover letter if you have, if you have the ability to. Um, and you have an option of creating a couple different variations. So you can create a brief letter, sometimes 
you only need three to five sentences for a cover letter, depending upon the job or the employer. You can create a little bit more robust one. I call this your basic letter. That's around one page talking about your experience and how it relates to a position. And then you could create a comprehensive option, which is where I suggest you actually take the job requirements that are in the position description and then align them directly to your um, professional experience. And you can do this through a bulleted list or a table. Once you have your materials updated, please, please, please share them with somebody. Get another pair of eyes on them. Uh, reach out to trusted people in your life, um, such as prior coworkers, maybe a previous supervisor that you have a good relationship with, mentor, friend, family members. Have them read the materials and ask for feedback. They might see something that you can easily overlook as you've spent hours looking at these same documents, or they might even remember, hey, you have this skill, get that in there. Um, getting feedback can help your materials read better um, and ensure that you're representing yourself best to your hopeful future employers. Mm, I love that. So I think having a template is like, it's so important because it's like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time you apply. You just have a template. And I think it probably would be helpful to highlight where you would insert, you know, making it personalized to the company. So that's awesome. Yes. In a sense, you're kind of creating a Mad Lib or fill in the blank exercise right. um, for yourself to use. And this mm -hmm. prep work can really help carve down on time um, mm -hmm. or spinning your wheels when you're, when you're in perhaps a bit more stressful of a place. Right. And it's like being proactive. Like even if it's like just taking the time to do this, regardless if you're, you know, need a job right away or not. It's just always good to have in your back pocket so you can be proactive when stuff like this happens. Yeah. Love it. Ideally, you are absolutely correct. Um, what's next? next? Step that, oh, yeah. Let me get into that. Uh, the next step is um, a time for you to make a list of what you're looking for, but also what you're open to. So being in the new reality of, of today, and this is April 2020, um, we might be more open to different types of jobs than, say, we were at the beginning of the year. Um, so I want you to sit down and take time to give thought to what you're looking for in your next move. Um, also think about what you want maybe in the next five years. It might be two lists. So if you've recently lost your job, getting income into your pocket as quick as possible might be your number one priority. So you can have two searches. You can have a search for immediate fill and then long-term fill. And in a, a way you would be working both at the same time. So some questions to ask yourself during this time is how soon do you need to have income in your pocket? What is your minimum salary requirement? What benefits do you need from an employer to maintain or have an essential quality of life? What formats of employment are you open to? Meaning, are you only looking for full-time? Could you perhaps work with two part-time positions um, at the same time? Or maybe it's a part-time position and some contract or gig work. Think about what you're open to and don't limit yourself um, if it's not something you would traditionally fall to, especially during a time of need like now. Uh, think about what skills you have reflect on your education, any trainings you've gone through, your professional history, as well as your personal passions and hobbies. Simply because you haven't been paid to do something, but you're talented at it, doesn't mean that you shouldn't 
promote that skill on your resume. Uh, also think about volunteer experience that you've had. You might be able to pull some ex um, professional experience skills or expertise out of that as well. And then reflect on what level of work you're open to. Are you only looking for a leadership position? Do you thrive when you're able to supervise others or manage? Or are you open to entry level? Write it all down because these keywords can help with your searches later. Also think about what industry you want to work in. Think about your ideal industries, but also industries where the type of work you're looking for is available, but it might not be the first industry that you're thinking of. Another thing to consider right now in April 2020 is what industries are experiencing a boom. Um, despite there being a lot of uh, change and um, shifts happening in some industries, others are having so much fast growth that they need humans as fast as possible. And those industries might be able to provide opportunity to you, whether it be temporary or long-term. Some industries to keep in mind uh, that the moment that there is experiencing some growth and some change in a positive way, our healthcare and healthcare related fields, delivering and shipping services, remote meeting and communication companies such as Zoom, Slack, or Asana, cloud-based services for businesses such as Box or Dropbox, other tools of that nature, grocery and pharmacy, both brick and mortar and online, uh, online learning companies, including online tutoring, and if conditions or restrictions open or lift in the future, or perhaps are different where you are right now than it is in Arizona, working for individual families, because families are needing a lot of support right now with um, their lives being different and kids being home and homeschooling. And the last item to think about is, in my opinion, is one of the most important, and we often overlook it, is what are your personal values? And what of your personal values do you need in an employer in order to feel connected and fulfilled to your work? It's a big list, but get it all down on paper, digitally or physically, um, because this will serve as, in a sense, your roadmap for building your search searches for um, positions to hopefully come to your inbox in the next step. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad that you brought that up because even, I mean, with my, with the coaching that I do the first thing that we work on are values and the values are who you are. So if you work for a company that's not aligned with what you value, it's like, it's not going to be a good fit. And so it just allows you to, you don't have to just take any job because you need to take a job because if it's not aligned with who you are, you're going to be pretty miserable. So I love that you added that because it's so important to know what you value because what you value is who you are. It's not what you do. And that has everything to do with overall happiness and just well-being in general. So, so glad that you brought that up. Uh, another uh, grocery pharmacy, the first thought that popped in my mind was um, Instacart. I know that they're hiring for sure because groceries are getting delivered daily. Yes, the, uh, the delivery of industry and overall has has an incredible amount of opportunity in it right now. Yeah. And yeah. Um, those gig positions, while they may not be something that you um, see as a, a strategic move in your career, it can be a great temporary um, band-aid to help get some income into your pocket while you're continuing your search. You're absolutely yeah. right. Totally. I love it. All right. What's next? 
So next on the list is leveraging your network. Your network is your biggest asset. I think we talked about this last time. And because I love the statistic, I'm going to share it again. Approximately 70% of all people who are hired at a company already have a human connection at that company. So your friends, your family, your coworkers, both current or former uh, colleagues, mentors, and community members are an incredible resource to you. And if you fail to reach out for them or choose to reach out to them, you are tremendously limiting your options. So I highly suggest that you reach out to these people one-on-one, not a mass email, letting them know that you are searching for a job. Um, I suggest email or LinkedIn for professional contacts, but personal contacts, feel free to contact them however you normally do so. Make sure that you're representing yourself authentically and that you're coming across sincere uh, because this is a space where you are truly asking for help and support and um, you want to make sure that your message is, is heard. So what do you say is probably the biggest question that I get when I tell people about this. I I don't know how to ask for this kind of help, and um, it can it can be a very humbling experience or, or can cause some anxiety. Um, so I suggest that you be honest, communicate how you normally would. No need to use big words or um, speak in a different tone. Let them know that you've recently lost your job, if that's the case, or if you haven't lost your job or if you've received a reduction in hours. Let them know that you are searching for and the next step in your career because you're having some uncertainty about where you are. Um, I imagine everybody would be pretty sympathetic to that right now because we're all living in the same world. And let them know what kind of work that you're looking for. You can reference this big list that you made ahead um, in step two. And let them know that you would greatly appreciate any referrals or suggestions that they have about searching for a job right now. Um, let them know if you're open to temporary or um, contract work while you're looking for something more permanent. Share with them as many details as you can about what you're looking for. Attach your resume. Thank them for their support before they even offer it to you. Um, and you'll be surprised what you get back from people. Mm -hmm. um, to make this a little bit easier, we're going to give you a template that you can use and customize to send out to your network. Um, so it makes this, this process a little bit easy for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's knowing what to say is definitely, I think, the hardest thing and putting ego aside and just being like, hey, I need help. Like human beings have such a hard time asking for help. So I think having the template's great, but it's just being okay, like taking off that mask and being like, I got, I don't got this. I need support is, is a huge step. It is. And you could also be helping others as well. So um, in the template, I make sure to include that you would be happy um, to extend the same favor back to them if they're ever in a similar position. Um, mm. Because despite us being in a, in a, a space of uncertainty, we all have connections um, to, to people that we can help facilitate introductions to. It costs mm -hmm. nothing to facilitate an introduction mm -hmm. and that, that introduction could really make a difference. Mm -hmm. totally. Additionally, when you're making this ask, when you're looking at your network, start identifying people who could serve as a professional reference for you um, if you haven't already done so. And this ask can also be a time where you can double dip 
and, and ask them if they would be willing to serve as a reference for you as you search. Um, and mm-hmm. hopefully they say yes. Always ask for more references than than you anticipate needing. Traditionally, job applications ask for three. I think it's wise to have at least five to six um, that you can pull from uh, for specific types of jobs or due to availability. Hmm. I love it. And it's just a good time to strengthen professional connections regardless of if you need to use them as a reference as well. Yes, now's the time for social distancing networking. Everyone's doing it. <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn activity is skyrocketed. Yeah. Now's the time for blind introductions as well as, as asking for introductions totally. in your network. Yeah, I love it. Love yeah. it. So, so the next step in the plan is the big one. And this is launching the search. I'm thinking of like a rocket uh, ship. <laughs> yeah. Like launch the surge, fire the missiles. Yeah, at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is the part that's very, very time intensive. Um, mm-hmm. It's also the part that might seem the most daunting because mm-hmm. it, is, it can be so massive. Um, but I've got some steps to break this one down for you um, and right. make this a little bit, a little easier to navigate. Also, there's tons of guides and advice out on the internet about this. My steps are simply my own version. Feel free to go to your other um, trusted sites, trusted writers and coaches mm-hmm. and get their opinions as well. To, in a sense, we'll have these steps, though. But we'll also we'll have, have these steps, steps that you can pull from. Yeah. yeah. All right. So step one, you're going to set up searches. This is based on those lists that you developed in step two. I recommend setting up search bots. These are automated searches that will comb listings on job sites like Indeed or Glassdoor or LinkedIn, and then send you the results on a daily basis. Uh, You can set them up with keywords, geography, specific job titles, specific companies. Set up multiple so you don't miss out on specific things that you're looking for. Um, And as hard as it is to not just spend hours looking at those sites every day, I recommend the digest emails that come to your inbox because it will pull it all together. It will get to you. You can look at it with um, focus at a specific time of day and then not feel consumed or like you're having some FOMO um, if you're hanging out on those sites all day. The next step is to review and to bookmark. So you're going to browse these results as they come to you in your inbox. Um, and search for the positions that fit all the needs that are of the highest priority to you. I suggest, if at all possible, try not to get caught up in a job title. Um, Simply because the job is titled a certain way doesn't mean that it's going to meet your needs um, nor be fulfilling to you. So focus on the required job experience and the responsibilities that are listed in the job to truly understand if a job might be a good fit. Um, This strategy will help widen the scope of positions that you're able to apply to, bookmark the positions that you want to apply to, save them either in a doc or save those URLs, and um, when it's ready to apply, you've got them all ready to go. Next, you're going to go through that list of jobs that you've pulled out from your different searches and prioritize them. I suggest prioritizing them by the jobs that have been posted the most recently because they're the most likely to still be open and unfilled. Um, Ideally, 
look for jobs that have been posted within the past one to two weeks, especially now because hiring processes, especially at demand companies and industries are moving a little bit faster. Um, and if you're listening to this in April 2020, keep the like pandemic timeline in mind. If you see a position that was posted pre-pandemic, you might want to reach out to that recruiter to see if they're still hiring for it because it's possible that a position might be tabled or folded into a company that existed prior to um, what we'll call our new normal. Next, you're going to use your network. So before you start applying to jobs, take a look at your network. LinkedIn is a great space to do this. Look to see if you have any first-hand contacts at any of the companies that you're looking to apply to. If you don't have first-level connections, look for seconds and thirds. This is the time to reach out to your mutual contact to ask for an introduction. And if you have a contact at the company, this is the time to reach out to them as well. Um, if you're reaching out to somebody at a company before you've applied, um, your goal is for them to pass your materials along to somebody who is connected to the position that you've applied for. The more you get your materials in front of different eyes in a company, the more likely you are to stand out in that pile of applications and potentially get a second glance or be invited to come and talk to them. We're going to provide you with a template on how to make this ask um, because it's another one that can feel a little tricky. Um, so don't worry, we've got you there. And your next and final step in the, the search process is to start applying. And I want you to approach applying to jobs as if it is a job. Do it with the same focus, dedication, and follow-through as you would an assignment um, that you're getting from a, a supervisor or your employer. Um, aim for quality, not for quantity. As hard as it might seem to just want to apply to as many as possible. Focus on quality, authentic applications. Those Can inadvertently happen and those tiny details can be the ones that get you cast aside early in a process. Don't check that you've got the right attachments attached. Make sure it's the right cover letter. It can be a little embarrassing to have a cover letter to another employer. Go to the wrong one. <laughs> I've seen it happen before. And right. if time permits, um, have somebody look at your materials before you submit them, whether it be mm. a friend, a colleague, Maybe you've got other friends in the same position as you. Create a, a group chat where you're, hey, can you check out my materials before, mm -hmm. before I submit them? Um, get another set of eyes on them so you can correct anything ahead of time if possible. So how much time should someone set aside for applying for positions? Fantastic question, Brittany. And that's actually in our next item. Oh, perfect. Great. Well, let's get yes, into it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the next item in the action plan after you start your search and set up all of your your bots and everything and get all your materials ready um, is to create a daily task list. So applying the job is a job within itself. And if you're able to apply a routine to it, it can make it a bit more automated and help you feel more fulfilled when doing it as well as make it sustainable. Because the hardest thing about searching for a job when you don't have one is you're constantly reminded that you don't have a job. And it can become very overwhelming and anxiety-ridden. Um, so a daily routine uh, should involve 
and goals, as well as some structured time blocks. And Brittany, this might sound familiar to your processes um, to help you yes. conquer, <laughs> conquer this mission of getting a new job. Um, so the first thing I recommend doing is actually to set a job application goal. This is your daily goal, meaning what is the minimum number of applications that you need to apply to daily. Um, you get to set this yourself. It can be as few as one. You'll probably want to tell me that's crazy, but one quality application a day, I mean, it's just one application that you need in order to get a job. Is it statistically possible at this time? I can't say so or not, but set a goal. Um, when I was searching and felt like I uh, didn't know when the end was in sight, some days I would apply to 10 or 20 a day. Um, other days I would apply to one to three. Um, but until I set a minimum goal for myself, each day I was still feeling like I wasn't doing enough. Um, so set a, set a number. Um, I highly recommend a single digit um, that you will sustain daily um, because it's like a marathon, not a sprint in terms of getting that quantity out there. Also schedule a time daily to review your new openings that are coming to your inbox and apply. Um, this is something that you get to choose how long you want to spend doing this. Um, to answer your question from earlier, as few as 30 minutes a day is enough time to browse and apply to a couple of jobs if you have it streamlined. Mm -hmm. um, if you're reinventing the wheel every single time, you, you might need a bit more time. Mm -hmm. um, also, some applications might require more materials and whatnot. Um, I don't recommend sitting any longer than two hours doing this because okay. one, we're humans. We need to get up and move around and we have a limit on how long we can focus on something and produce sure. quality outcomes. Right. Um, so whether it be 30 minutes to two hours, if you, you feel that you two hours is not enough time for you, set multiple two hour blocks in a day, you know, do two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. Try to place it at the time of day when your brain is like the most awake and ready to roll. For me, that's early morning, but I know that's not the case for everybody. Um, and set boundaries, meaning when you hit the end of your time block, walk away. Mm -hmm. Take a break. It's really important. Walk, do a loop around your desk or wherever it is that you're sitting. Um, pulling yourself away will, will help you be able to resume um, at a later time and continue with quality applications. Mm -hmm. I think that's I also is so important to, to have boundaries. And it's like, it's not necessarily how much time it takes. It's how much time you give yourself. So if you only have 30 minutes, then you give yourself 30 minutes to produce quality work. Yes. And 30 minutes non-distracted, right. far different than two hours where notifications are going off on your phone, you're streaming mm -hmm. Netflix, and mm -hmm. um, you're eating food at the same time. So right. reduce those distractions if you can. Yeah. Definitely. Separately from your time to apply, set time daily to work your network. So check out your mutual contacts. Every day you're going to be applying to new employers. Check your contacts to see if you've got any mutual connections that can help facilitate an introduction. Reach, reaching out to people daily, either introducing yourself or asking for um, an introduction or a handoff of materials is, is just as important as, as applying um, because it will help your application potentially get more eyes on it. Um, also, 
don't be afraid to set up virtual coffee dates. Um, we're in we're in the the Zoom world right now. Um, <laughs> in your in your introductions uh, where you're networking, say I'd love to take you for coffee. Venmo somebody five bucks. Um, send them a gift card to your favorite local um, coffee shop for them to cash in on in the future. Um, that those small gestures um, can can get you some FaceTime with people or some ear time if you're just doing it by phone. Um, and you, you never know what might happen from a, a conversation uh, uh, where it feels a bit more casual than a formal email. Mm. Love that idea. I love the idea of a virtual coffee date and like sending someone some money for a coffee later on. Yeah. And it's also an, a good uh, thank you to people who have facilitated introductions for you. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. Drop, drop them a few bucks as a, hey, thanks. Yeah. Um, also, thank you cards. I know they're old school. The postal mm. system is still working and we're all checking our mail. So Sure is. Those, those go a long way too. Yeah. Um, also, in terms of your your time blocking, I have one that I recommend weekly. And weekly, I suggest that you reach out to your references um, or your key network contacts. Perhaps they're not a, a reference, but they are somebody who is um, helping you along the way in your search um, to update them on your process. So say, hi, I wanted to give you an update for the week. So far, these are the positions that I've applied to. Um, FYI, I've listed you as a reference for these. Um, I really thank you for your support and um, have a great week. So mm. if you proactively share with them your progress, this is one, a subliminal accountability tool for yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and it also shows people that you've asked for support, that you're doing the work. Mm -hmm. And if they see that that's happening, that can be more motiv motivating to them to continue to help you. They also mm -hmm. might see, oh, you applied for a job at this company where I do know somebody. Let me introduce you to them mm -hmm. or let me hand off your materials. Mm, and then once that. you've completed completed this weekly time blocking exercise, you're applying, you're enforcing your own boundaries. Please, please, please take breaks. Please <laughs> do restorative activities. Um, you're looking to sustain this level of productivity, not just do it for a few days and then sleep and, and binge watch whatever it is that you want to watch. Um, by finding those moments of reprieve, of rest, um, you're able to help restore your batteries, fill things back up so you can do this again the next day. Um, and I'm sure Brittany's got some great, great tips, ways that uh, you can make this happen for yourself during a, a high stress time. Um, so don't be afraid to check out her Instagram for, for some inspo. <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> No problem. Thing. And we also have this checklist, like Brittany mentioned, um, in, in the guide that you're able to download. Um, oh, yeah. We'll have, we'll have a whole guide for you to download in the show notes, especially if you are listening to this while cleaning your house or doing something else. We got you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And to kind of close out this action plan, um, it does require continued action. It's not just a do it once and you're done. Um, it can feel a bit endless, but the one thing I know for sure is that job offers don't result from not applying. You have to apply. 
-hmm. keep it going um, and continue it until until you reach those goals of getting offers and finding a, a long-term fit for yourself. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to bring that up. It's like, it's just, a, it's, it's a, a process. I, it is like a rinse and repeat type of thing until you get the result that you want. And that goes more than just applying for jobs. That's really anything in life. You know, it's like, as you, when you think about what like success means, it's just people that haven't given up that are just relentless in the pursuit of whatever it is that they want. So yeah, the job search can be really taxing and it can feel defeating at times, but it's like, okay, you feel defeated. It's like you can choose to either stay the same or take action towards something else that's going to get you to where you want to go. So I think it's just really being relentless and I think – job search and job job applying requires a lot of grit to to get what someone wants. Yes, you are absolutely right. And along that path, you'll it's very likely you you will experience self-doubt. I know I personally did. Um, mm. during what I felt like an endless job application process. I've often asked myself, is this even worth my time? Like, mm. is it submitting this application where I know there's going to be hundreds of other applicants even worth mm. it? And I would find myself talking myself out of applying, mm. which is completely counterintuitive to, mm -hmm. to the end goal. Um, so I wanted to spend a few minutes chatting mm -hmm. about these, I call them what ifs that mm -hmm. our, our self-saboteur pops into our heads when mm -hmm. we're in the midst of something challenging or stressful um, and actually mm -hmm. answer these hypothetical questions. And if, if you're in the job search process in the future and you start experiencing these moments of self-doubt or um, questioning, is it even worth what I'm doing? Bookmark this part of this podcast. Come back to it. Um, <laughs> and if you actually experience a what if while you're applying, reach out to Brittany. Um, you're also welcome to reach out to myself. I'm happy to help talk through these what ifs to figure out, is it a valid what if? Or is this, is this one that I already know the answer to and I'm just looking for either a procrastination method or an excuse <laughs> to, not, to not move forward? Yeah, like a way out. I'm so glad that you brought this yeah. up because it is such a part of of job search. It's just a part of life. There's always what if because you know, right now it's it it's there's so much uncertainty. But the truth is, like this pandemic is just a blip on the uncertainty scale. Our whole lives are uncertain. Nothing in life is really for sure guaranteed. I mean, other than not to be morbid, but, but death, like that is the only thing that's guaranteed. Everything else is completely uncertain, but we don't think of things that way. We don't think about things in life being uncertain because we like to feel like we're in control. So I'm so glad you brought that up because it does bring in that doubt. Like human beings, we don't like uncertainty. That's why we don't like to take risk because we're scared. We're afraid of the unknown and it's important to pay attention to these what ifs because these what ifs will either keep you the same or they're going to move you to where you want to be. So I'm glad you brought that up and um, let's go through a couple of these because sure. I think that 
it's important to give the same amount of like airtime to both of the what ifs because it is true. It's like, well, what if you do apply and you don't hear back from an employer, right? Like that's possibility. But then it's also a possibility that you apply and you hear back from them. So it's interesting because it can go both ways. And I think it's important to recognize that that split because that is a part of life. It's the dark and the light, the good and the bad and everything, you know? So in general, it's like, yeah, you might not hear back, but you might also hear back. And I like to go back and forth between that because what feels better? Like which thought feels better? Because the reality, these are just thoughts. They don't, they don't, they don't mean anything until we put a um, meaning to them. So if we're able to know that there's two separate sides, pay attention to what feels better. Even like, what if I'm applying to this job as a total waste of time? Like, yeah, that feels in my body. That's like, feels gross. I'm like, oh, such a waste of time. I hate wasting time. And I feel negative. But then the other side is, well, what if applying for this job like gets me to that next step that I, that I want to get to? That just feels more hopeful. So it's like looking at both areas or both thoughts and seeing which one makes you feel better because ultimately your thoughts are going to get you the result that you want. Brittany, crack code. <laughs> um, you're absolutely right. Um, and to some of those what ifs, like the one that you, you mentioned of, well, what if I don't hear anything back? There, there is some validity to that statement. Mm -hmm. In the current job market, employers don't contact you unless you're moving forward. That's the, that's the standard. So going into it expecting that you're going to get anything besides a confirmation your application has been received is setting yourself up for disappointment. Mm -hmm. um, so with some of these, it's also acknowledging what what the current state of the um, job application world is. Mm -hmm. um, and then looking at that lens of, well, I've got a chance of them, them actually contacting me if I apply. But if I don't apply, they're never going to contact me because they don't know I exist. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that is one that um, I've personally asked myself, I don't know how many times and, mm. and I'm always mm -hmm. wrong in whatever reason <laughs> that I'm giving my excuse. Um, well, and I always, I um, always like to say too, it's like, how many times have we listened to the voice in our head and that that voice has been completely wrong? Mm -hmm. Like pretty often. And it's like, if that was a friend giving you that advice, you'd probably never listen to them. Yeah. They probably wouldn't be your friend. Right. So that, that little voice at the end of the day, it's trying to protect us right? It's, it's protecting us from a perceived threat. You know, by not applying, we feel like we might get rejected. And then if we are rejected, we're going to die. We're not going to survive, which is not real. Like that's not valid anymore, but our primal brain, the animal part of our brain, like that was the reality for our ants, you know, many, 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 long, long, long time ago. <laughs> that was the, you know, if you don't, if you get rejected, you probably will die because you need your tribe to survive. Now it doesn't apply, but your primal brain still thinks that. Yes, yes, yes. We're fighting that all the time. All the time. <clears throat> That's why it's easier to watch Tiger King than apply for jobs. <laughs> <laughs> 
or scroll. Absolutely. Or scroll or just mindlessly scroll. It's like you feel like you're doing something, but it's not because your primal brain wants pleasure. It's like applying for job requires focus and determination and motivation. So yeah. Um, and what, risk. what a, and a risk. risk it is a yeah. risk and risking failure. But to me, it's like there is no such thing as failure. It's just information, especially with applying for jobs. I mean, even the what if I'm applying to this job is a total waste of my time. If you really think about it, it's it's not a waste of time because it's the practice of going through the, that checklist and, and following through with a goal to apply for one job a day. So yeah, I could look at it a waste of time. Like, are they even going to look look at it or are they going to even see it? Because it's not because you exchanged a little bit of your time for the experience of following through. That to me is way more valuable than getting 50 responses to a job application. Like if you can follow through on what you say you're going to do, that is the most valuable thing that you can do for yourself. I agree. Um, Another one of the what if stats I hear frequently is, well, what if my professional experience doesn't match what this job is looking for? Mm. And to that one, I actually challenge people to reflect a bit and it's, Is it truly that you do not have any transferable, meaning related experience in your Mm -hmm. professional life to what the job requires? Is Mm -hmm. it so far out of your scope in education that you've never done any of it? I highly doubt it Mm -hmm. unless you're looking to be an engineer and you have a, I'm going to say, I almost tie anything to engineering, but it requires a credential. Let's put it that Mm -hmm. way. Um, Right. So don't, look at your experience as being um, defined in a limiting sense. Think of everything that you've done and how it could be transferred into another type of responsibility list and or task list. There's, there's so few things in a job market, if you have it refined to your true interest and skill set and experience, that would be something that you just hands down don't have. Um, so to, to talk in Brittany secrets, look at what you do have, talk about what you have done, talk about what your interests are and where you are teachable because being teachable is ultimately what employers are looking for. They're looking mm-hmm. to invest in you to bring them continued long-term resource the benefit so they can fulfill mm-hmm. what it is that you're doing. So mm-hmm. list examples of times where you have learned something. Mm-hmm. Um, and sell yourself like you're you're selling your best client. Um, you're you deserve that um, same care and thoughtfulness um, and to use another Brittany word, positivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And it's like you also have to think like, do you believe in yourself? Because it does, like, if you believe that your professional experience will provide value to the job, it's like you could you could exude that in your interview or exude that in your cover letter. So yeah. it's just also believing in yourself too. And I think that kind of comes into the job duties or skills because I think people like, I, I have never done that before. And it's great because we have – so many 
resources like Skillshare and Udemy and Teachable. And we can actually learn so much more online than we ever could before. So I think it's going from that fixed mindset of like, well, this is all, these are only the skills that I have to really expanding on it. It's like actually, and, and when you have a growth mindset, you can actually learn so much more and not being like so stuck in how you were before and how like the, the jobs that you've had before. You got it. What other, what other what ifs come up? Um, let's see. Oh, here's one that I got, um, which is similar to one that we talked about before, which is, you know, what, what if I get offered the job and then I don't want it? Mm. And with that one, I'm like, congratulations, you got Mm -hmm. offered a job, like Mm -hmm. win. And if, if that happens and you have that gut feeling that this isn't right, or they aren't giving you what you essentially need, Mm-hmm. If it's something that you need that they're not giving you, that's an opportunity for a negotiation. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is truly uh, this is not a value fit for me, we we as humans always have the opportunity to decline. Mm-hmm. And a decline is not burning a bridge with that company. Um, and people decline offers all the time. And if it's truly not the right fit for you, then you're going to give that opportunity to somebody else, which it might be a right, a right fit for, which is a great place of privilege to be in. Um, but in a sense, thinking of, I don't really want this, I'm not going to apply for it, then eliminate that at the onset and don't apply for the thing that, that you have mm-hmm. the bad gut feeling for. But also, if, if you're saying that, maybe, maybe you're looking for an excuse not, not to apply to something. Um, mm-hmm. we, we seek excuses a lot. Uh, right. it's, it's like it what is, it's really saying, it's probably coming from a place of fear more than anything. Like fear yeah. that your schedule is going to change or fear that so, like something is going to be different or you're going to feel, you know, not smart enough because there's a learning curve. So I think that if that's the thought that comes up, like what if I get the job and I don't want it, get curious, like ask yourself why? Like I applied for it. So why did I apply for it? What was it about it that I was into? Now, if it, it you get the job and the pay isn't what you what you need, I think that also comes back down to negotiation. I think knowing your va- your value and what you can provide is is huge. And asking like just because they give you a number, like they're hoping that you don't come back with a negotiation, but you actually can. You can say everything looks great, however, and you can explain why in the sense of this is what I was making at my old job. This is what I need to live. Like there's so many different things you can do, but don't take anything for just face value. Like you actually can negotiate and ask for what you want. Um, I had a client the other day do just that. She messaged me and she was like, you know, it's the, the, the work is double. There's two people that I'm going to be doing like caretaking for. And they're asking like for the same rate as if it's one person. I was like, know what you want, ask for it. You don't, you will never get what you don't ask for. So even if it's uncomfortable and that might bring up some, some money wound and some relationship with money, which is not a bad thing. It's a good thing to get curious about where is it's coming from, but ask the worst thing that happens is that you're like, no, and okay. And so you just have to be clear on what you're willing to take minimum wise, because then if they don't match that, then you can be like, okay, I'm going to you know, move on to the next job. Yes. And an- another end of this that sometimes we don't think about is 
and I've been in this situation is I want to do the job and I understand that this is the all you can afford. Mm-hmm. I can do it in half the amount of time that you think that I can mm-hmm. or that this position is written for because I have X number of years experience and demonstrated um, ability to do this. So how mm-hmm. about this? How about you pay me that? I'm going to complete it in mm-hmm. I'm only doing this many hours or it's just about when I get the product done or the work done and mm-hmm. evaluate me in two months. If I'm not delivering what it is that you need, then we move on. But you're going to get what you need because I'm going to give it to you mm-hmm. and it's going to make it worth my time. So mm-hmm. it isn't, nothing is definitive, just as you mentioned in terms of mm-hmm. what they're offering sometimes isn't the, the top of what they can, but also leverage your your ability and what you know about yourself in terms of what you're capable of. Yeah. Because we're now in this space of remote working as rigid and traditional in terms of workspace, employers are willing and are considering a lot of different ways of allowing people to work um, Mm -hmm. and work remotely. Um, So you might be able to piece together multiple things to get what you need financially in the amount of time that you have available and maybe it's with two employers rather than one. Yeah. It's something to think about there. I love that. Like negotiating, like the amount of time, if like the pay isn't there. Um, I think mm-hmm. the la the, the last, what if that comes up that I've experienced with clients are, I mean, there's kind of two, it's like, what if I interview and, and don't hear back or what if I interview and I don't get an offer or what if I apply for jobs and I don't get an interview? Like the rejection piece. And that is a huge, huge, huge part of why humans are afraid to put themselves out there and take that risk because they it, the, the fear of being rejected is so massive. Mm-hmm. And that is a what if. You know, it's the same thing with equal airtime. It's like, well, what if I, I interview and I don't hear back? Like that is a possibility. And that's okay because – the question to follow that up is, well, what's the worst thing that happens? Like, let yourself go to worst case scenario. If you apply for a bunch of jobs and you don't hear back, worst case scenario is you apply for another job. And that's not so bad because you have all of your tools ready to go. Like you have your resume cover let everything ready to fire off. So it's really not that bad. So if that's the worst thing that happens, it's like, all right, cool. But then the other side of it is, what if I apply and I, I interview or I apply and I get an interview? And that's great too. So it's really not that bad either way. So that, that initial what if I apply and I don't hear back, um, allow yourself to go there, but just know that there's also the possibility of being called to and being interviewed. So you have to be fair and not just be stuck on one negative side because there's also a good side to it as well. They're both a possibility and whatever possibility presents you, you can choose the thought that's going to make you feel the way it's going to get you the result that you want. Yes. Every application is practice Mm -hmm. for the application that's going to get you the job. Every interview is practice for the interview that's going to get you the job Mm -hmm. eventually. No experience is bad experience. Also, you're making connections with each application and interview that you're submitting. Mm -hmm. There is a human that's likely looking at your materials. Mm -hmm. And if you apply to multiple positions within a company, your name will become, at least it'll 
strike somebody's memory that's been looking at materials. If you're interviewing and that interview doesn't um, pan out the way you wanted to, I highly recommend that you personally thank everybody that interviewed you after getting mm -hmm. your rejection. Mm -hmm. Writing a thank you letter to a company or thank you email to an interviewer after getting rejected, thanking them for the opportunity and in inviting them to share with you any advice they have for future interviews is a humbling and grateful at reaction to getting mm -hmm. rejection. And that can be the thing that helps you stand out in their mind for the next opening that you might apply Absolutely. for within their company or within their network. Staying in contact with people who interview you is also an option. Add them to your network. You're able to make something out of opportunities that don't pan out the exact way that you envision them to mm -hmm. if you choose to look at it as a place of opportunity versus a closed door. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. I think that is a, is a good place for us to wrap this up, Brittany. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you so much, Melissa. This was so, so helpful for anyone that's currently beginning their job search in the middle of their job search, or just wanting to brush up on these, these, you know, types of things that are, we can apply this to every area of our life, not just when we're in a global pandemic and not when unemployment rate is sky high. So uh, thank you so much for sharing, for putting together this amazing action plan. And for my listeners, don't you worry. You didn't take notes. We got you. This is going to be in the show notes. You can download it. We are here for you. If you need to use either of us as a resource, make sure you reach out to us. As far as an action step would go, Melissa, what, what's an action step someone can take today? You know, there's a lot of steps well, in here, but like give, give me something really, really small within the comfort zone to build some momentum for uh, my listeners. I would um, look at your network and contact one person and let them know that you're beginning your search in the midst of a search. We'll be searching soon and you want to make sure that um, they know who you are and uh, you would love to be able to lean on them for some uh, support or a referral in the future and you just mm -hmm. wanted to say hi. Love it. Something as, as short as that. Done and done. That's perfect. I mean, it is a little, might be out of someone's comfort zone, but it's an easy step. So do that step. Let us hold you accountable. Send us a message, an email, Instagram, whatever it is, send us a message so we can support you and cheer you on during this really uncomfortable yet huge growth opportunity in your life. So Thank you, Melissa, so much. Again, I appreciate you. And thank you for spending the time listening to this episode. So grateful to have you be a part of my community. And yeah, we'll be coming out with a lot more stuff to help you through this time. So make sure that you're subscribed. And if you're feeling generous today, I would be so grateful for a review. So head on over to... Apple podcast when you're done and leave us a review. Let me know what you're thinking. All right. Until next time, love yourself, own your happiness and let your light shine because you are so worthy of it, my friend. I'll catch you next time.